You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about all the things that you may want to train your team, your players, in the beginning of the season. You know, I'm in the season right now where we are in September. It is the beginning, the preseason, before we even get into exhibition, and we're in the process of training all the skills. But have you wondered and asked yourself, am I making sure that I'm training all the skills? What are all the skills that I should be training? Are you worried about forgetting one? Well, in this episode, we are going to tackle all the skills that you should be training in the beginning of your season. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 118 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball to my new listeners. Welcome. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And to my regular listeners, as always, you know how much I appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode where the plan is, like it is every week, to drop some kind of value, give you tangible things that you can take back to your gym and apply right away. So for my new listeners, that's the goal. The goal is every week we're trying to give you something tangible, something you can take back to your gym, something that you can be like, wow, I, I can't wait to go back and try that with my team. And that is the goal that we're going to do today. And last week's episode, if you got a chance to listen to last week's episode, we talked about the yearly training plan. And... Um, for DVA members, I did a live training uh, tonight, which is Sunday when I'm recording this, of the entire yearly training plan. Um, it was a lot more deeper into what we talked what we talked about last week on the podcast, and a lot of our coaches said that, wow, it was so in-depth, and it's something that they are now going to be creating for their team. So um, if you're just a regular podcast listener, listen to the episode last week. It is definitely something that you may want to try to create. Uh, it changed my coaching, to be quite honest, when I started doing that because I was able to see it from a whole new different perspective. And if you are a DVA member, go into um, the Coach's Blueprint inside DVA and you're going to get access to that training as well as my yearly training plan that you can use as a template and edit it, change it, you know, whatever suits your need for your team and things like that. Um, and if you are not a DVA member and you would like to get access to this training in addition to other things, uh, head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and sign up for that waitlist and uh, reach out to me. And if you don't know what DVA is, really quickly, it's my uh, mentorship program for coaches all around the world where I get a chance to you know, provide mentorship, give you access to all the courses that I've created over my entire coaching career, um, in addition to another a lot of other bonuses. And you get access to you know coaching calls where we meet and do live training and Q&A, an amazing community. You can see behind the scenes to what we do inside our our gym, to our film sessions, practices, things like that. And more importantly, you get the one-on-one support uh, that you need when you have a question, when you have somewhere where you want to go and, and learn this game at a high level. That's where it is. So that's DVA. So yeah, members of DVA, you get a chance to see all this. Well, today I wanted to talk about, you know, going through our yearly training plan and, you know, looking at what we are doing in our gym. 
it occurred to me that I wonder if coaches like because when I was a young coach at the beginning of your season you're trying to teach all the skills you know you're trying to teach passing you know you know serving and attacking and, and all the fundamental things and as I've gotten more experience I started adding more skills to things that we got to teach our athletes because it's things that I never I never thought about when I was a younger coach you know and I want and I asked myself I wonder if you know, members of the pod may be thinking about the same thing. Maybe you guys are going, you know, thinking that, oh, and I know, I know, I teach passing, I teach hitting, but there's probably things that you're forgetting that you may not even be realizing you're forgetting that you should be training as well, especially in the beginning. So listen, if you're a coach that is not in the beginning of your season, you still need to know this regardless, because it's something you can implement now. If you think that this is a need for your team, you can teach it now and train it so you're ready for competition. Um, or just make a note of it to come back to it in the beginning of your next season. It's entirely up to you. So I'm going to go through a list of things that we make sure we cover in our general preparation phase of our season training. Okay. At the very beginning, this is what we want to make sure we cover, we teach, and we emphasize, and, and we make sure we're covering all the variations because that's, that's something you may not think about as well. When working on a skill, we need to work on variations of that skill as well. So Let's start from the top. The first thing, or one of the biggest things we're going to talk about is serve-receive. Serve-reception. Of course, we have to teach serve-reception. Now, there are two types of serve-reception. There is the forearm pass, and there is the overhead pass. And both of them are equally important. Unless you play in a league that doesn't allow you to overhead pass at a certain age group. You know, over here in Canada... I believe it is 15 and under, you have to forearm pass on a serve reception, but when you're old, over, when you're 16 and older, you can go overhead pass on a serve reception. I don't particularly like that, but I, I understand why the Canadian system does that, because they want to really train the forearm pass, and I know many high-level coaches think that that should be the only way we can pass the ball. So I'm not here to argue, um, but that's just what it is. So that's the skill. The skill is the forearm pass and the overhead pass. But we also have to train different skill variations. For example, training to take the ball to the left of your body, as well as training to take the ball on the right side of your body. You also have to train to take a ball that is behind or substantially in front of the passer. So notice there are four different variations there, and we have to train it. So a, a simple example of what I would do when I was a younger coach in this, I would just train the pass. I wouldn't even, I wasn't even conscious of the fact that we have to train both sides equally. So now in our gym, when we're in the general preparation phase, when we have a lot of time to focus on volume as well as quality, we can focus on maybe if the passer is passing 20 balls, 10 of them go to the left, 10 of them go to the right. And then in the next round, we can have some in front, some behind, but we're training all this variability. It's, it's important that we do that. Okay. So really, really, just a simple thing like serve pass, you have to look at different variations of that. Then the next cycle, the next thing we talk about is, you know, what happens before the attack? So all the preparation stuff before the attack. So what, what do we do? Uh, so free ball pass. That's an important passing free balls from the back court as well as passing free balls from the front court. Coaches, let me ask you, when you work on free ball passing, how many times are you downballing just to the back court and you forget about free ball passing from the front court? Yeah, 
it is something that we have to practice. Isn't that interesting? This little, little variation there is something important. We also practice balls that are off the net. What happens if a ball hits the net? What happens if a ball trickles over the net? That's something we have to train. And I'm, I think I'm going to cover this later. I can't remember. But what happens if a ball is passed off the net? Ooh, that's something that happens. You know, if a ball is passed into the net, we have two more contacts. Are you practicing that? So these are all things before an attack. Um, transition movements. Attacker transition movements. So how are they coming off the net? And we need to practice this for all positions. How are middles coming off the net? How are our outside hitters and our opposite hitters coming off the net? How is the setter coming off the net if they're front court? We have to practice all these things, okay? Also, out-of-system balls or second ball contact. So if it's not the setter, let me, let, me point, let me start by saying this is not the setter. So the setter doesn't, um, is not taking the second ball. How is our team's ability in playing that second contact, that second ball to an attacker? So we need to practice this in the front court. So front court to front court attack, as well as back court to front court attack. All right. You could even do back court to back court attack and front court to back court attack. All right, a lot of different variations you can do that. But the more the most popular variations and the ones that we spend more time practicing are front court to front court attack and back court to front court attack. So in in essence, only front court attacking. We don't really do out of system balls back court attacking. It it can happen, but the the amount of times it's going to happen in a game isn't sufficient enough for us to justify trading it. All right? So preparation for the attack. Now, we work on setter. So yes, now we can start getting more individualized. So we talked about, you know, forearm pass, overhead pass, and we can get a little bit more individualized here now when it comes to certain players. So setters, okay? What, and this is going to be dependent on the team you play on and every, every coach is different. So you're going to think about the type of sets that you're going to be setting, which are a lot, okay? You're going to be setting a bunch of outside type of sets. It could be fastballs, you know, like um, if, you, if you guys remember the number system, I'll go over it really quickly so you understand the terminology here, but a net is nine meters long and each meter on the net is a different zone. So depending, like, like have you ever heard of the 51? A 51 is a very common term in volleyball for offense. A 51 is known as a quick attack and the five represents the location on the net and the one represents the height of the set. So just over the net. A 30 is known as a, 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 a shooting the gap, like for the middle, a 30-31. That is location three on the net, and the ball is a one or zero type set. So that's just to understand. So setters, setters got a lot of things to work on, okay? Setters got to work on setting all different types of balls, the, the 51, the 61, the 71, the 91, the 31, the 41, all these different types of balls. You want to use different terminology? Sure, you know, outside, a hut, a go ball, you know, um, all the all the different types of middle balls, the gap, the push, you know, setting the pipe, setting the C ball, the D ball, basically any type of set that the setter is going to set, we have to train, okay? And the variability here is we have to train when the setter is at the net and when the setter is off the net, okay? So all of these things we have to prepare for, all right? So these are 
uh, I guess you, you can call them, I guess well, this is more focused on the setter. Also, don't forget, setter has to work on sets that are coming off the net, that are passed into the net. So like really, like, like legit, like how do I, I'm sorry, I'm speaking fast here. If the ball is driven into the net on first contact, the setter has to work on getting that out. The setter has to work on balls that are obviously at the net and off the net, not into the net and off, but off the net. So if it's passed, you know, maybe to the back court. The setter also has to work on setting balls that are tight to the net, important. The setter can also work on one hand setting as well as two hand settings, okay? The setter can also work on dumps, all right? Dumping the ball as well as attacking the ball. So all these different things the setter can work on, okay? It's a ton of things the setter can work on. When I, and I covered, you know, most of them here, all right? Let's talk about attacking. So middles, really important. Middles have a job too. So what are we doing with middles? Um, well, middles can do a lot of different things. They can run, you know, 51, 61. They can run 30s or 31s. They can run even, um, you know, 40s. They can... Uh, what else can middles do? They can do step arounds, okay? They can do a lot of different things. The point is to work on them. And the variability here is at the net and off the net, as well as against uh, what we call against the flow. So um, that's what I call it. There's a, lot, there's a lot of different ways of calling it. But what happens if a ball is passed into a different area? How are they approaching the net and hitting a ball? You know, things like that. How are they moving to be an option? Okay, so working on middles, we, I call it audibleizing. Audibleizing means if if they if you originally were running a fifty one, but the middle couldn't get there, and instead they could shoot for the thirty. You know that's what you could think about as well. So middles can do different things. Um, attacking, so left sides, outsides. Let's call it outsides. Okay, outsides have to work on a bunch of different things. And th when I was a younger coach, this is kind of where I mean middles need to work on this too, but. When I was a younger coach, I would only focus on the the basic outside shots. So, you know, making sure that the outside can hit a tempo ball, making sure the outside can hit a high ball, all right? Making sure the outside could hit a potential fastball, right? Like a 12 or an 11, okay? For, again, just recap, one is the location on the net and the other number, one is the height of the set. So a very fast, like a fast outside shoot, if you want to call it that. Same thing with opposites, running that fastball. And I would stop there, but we don't want to stop there. We also want to work on the ability for the attacker to be able to make a play when there's a block. So two big things, tooling the blocker's hands. A lot of variations there. Okay, we can, we can legit swing high off hands. They have to be comfortable swinging high off hands. We could push the ball into the blocker's hands and out, so swiping, all right? Also known, we could also jousting at the net. Attackers have to work on jousting at the net. When the a joust is basically if the ball is popped up right on the net line where it's defense or offense, both players can go after the ball. Who comes out on top? Working on stuff like that, okay? Um, and the other second thing is recycling, Okay, or also known as rebounding off the blocker's hand. Do we have the ability? Does the attacker have the ability to hit the ball at a 45% off the hands so they can come back on their side of the court and play it again? Give them an opportunity. This is this this idea of recycling is probably 
um, a significant difference between high level high level volleyball versus low level volleyball. If you were to watch the world championships that have, that have been going on over the last couple of weeks, you'll notice really good p- ball playing when the ball is set off or tight or the attacker can't really make a play out of it. They'll recycle and bring it back. And how many times did that lead to a point? Because they were patient. I, I even heard um, the Poland coach. You know, Poland made it all the way to the finals. And a lot of what he was saying was patience, patience. And that is something that is very tough at the younger level, but we have to train it. You may not be able to get it on the first one, but be patient and bring it back out, set up another offense, you'll be surprised what could happen. Even at the collegiate level, sometimes it takes rookies a while to get into that rhythm to do that, okay? So patience. Also, working on tips, tipping over the block, tipping deep into the corner, roll shots, rolling over the block. Yes, these are things we have to train. We got to work on, okay? And then the last thing when it comes to attacking is backward attacks, you know? Uh, What kind of backward attacks are you guys running? C-ball, D-ball, really fast pipe, you know, the bick, the overload, a push, a flare. What are you guys doing on the backward balls? These are the type of things you want to work on as well, and that's dependent on your team and your system and things like that, okay? Some other things we want to work on is court movements. So, how are we moving on the court? You know? Oh, let me, I, I apologize. Let me backtrack again. Um, in terms of the, the outside hitters, left side, right side, variability. I forgot to talk about variability. So with all these different attacks that we're doing here, you know, you know, all the different sets, we want to make sure we're doing it at the net as well as off the net. We also want to work on inside out and outside in approach because a lot of things can happen in a game. So, Inside-out approach as well as outside-in approach to make sure we can hit a variety of different shots, all right? Except for the backward attacks. Backward attacks, the variability is not there. The variability for backward attacks is simply, you know, what type of pipe are you running? You know, back pipe, push, overload, as well as C-ball or D-ball from the opposite, okay? Things like that. All right, court movements. Movement on the court. Uh, Specifically, we, we talk about attack coverage. So how are you training your team to cover your hitter. I teach a thing called box in your hitter, where let's say it's a left side attack. We want to make sure the middle and the player in five is boxing in that hitter, creating a box around the hitter. So they're able to, you know, get any of the balls that are off the blocker's hands. Okay. Also transition to defense ready. So how are people movement? So movement to block ready positions, movement to defensive ready positions. How's that look? Blocking ready positions and defensive ready positions. Right. How, how is it looking? This is an easy one. We just got to make sure how our team is moving and you could even use verbal cues to call us out and see what they do. Okay. Then we start working on, uh, so service is another thing that uh, I, I should have mentioned your service earlier. Yes, service is another skill we want to make sure we cover. And again, depending on your level, you know, you got the jump float, you got the, the jump float step, jump spin, Jump spin with power, jump spin with control, or you can do standing float, standing spin, depending on whatever level you're at. And obviously, in terms of variability for here, um, we're going to look at you know serving to fixed locations, relative locations, zones, things like that. Okay, short, long, whatever you want to call it. So that's the variability there when it comes to serving. Um, maybe talk about a little about block defense. So block defense is something else that we would like to talk about. And block defense is, you know, that's going to depend on the system you're going to use. So, you know, we, we're going to look at 
block defense movement for a spread block system. Okay, three person block, um, middle movements. You know, looking at some footwork. So you know how how are they looking at their step crossover footwork, um, outside blocker movements. Depending if you're going shuffle, you're going to go cross. Whatever you're teaching, we're going to look at all that movement. We're going to look at it the same thing for a bunch system. So block and defense for a bunch system. A bunch read system, so reading, you know, little things like that. Middle movement, outside movements on both sides. Um, how about so we can do we can do block defense for a two-person block system um, in terms of bunch, and then we could do block defense movement for a three-person blocking system in terms of a bunch read. All right, so whatever, and the variabilities are the same: middle movements and outside blocker movements. Okay, so things like that. So. Really quickly, that's just a recap. Um, and again, I didn't get into the, what, what we actually teach. I just got into the skills. So I didn't tell you how to teach them. I just told you what skills we teach. Because sometimes you'd be surprised, especially like when I, when I sat down and broke this down, you know, and I, I my, mind you, might be forgetting things too, by the way. Like there's a lot. Of, I, I, didn't, I didn't talk about blocking, for example. Like w- blocking is another skill um, that we want. I, I talked about block defense, like defense, but I didn't talk about the actual working on the blocking skill, but that's something else that is, you know, it's, it's, uh, in collaboration with our system. Okay. So these are all individual things. Notice I didn't talk about offensive systems. That's more after the skills are developed. Okay. The only type of system I talked about was the bunch and the spread because that's specific to the skill of the player. Okay. The systems in general, like, like your offensive systems is going to vary. So just to recap, we talked about serve, receive, Obviously, the first thing I'm going to talk about, forearm pass and overhead pass and different variabilities of those. So, you know, to the left, to the right, behind and front. We talked about what what, what happens before the attack. So all the, all the different types of skills before the attack, such as free ball passing, you know, passing from the backcourt as well as the frontcourt, attacker transition movements. That's for all positions. Um, second ball contact. So except for everyone for this, except for the setter. So second ball contact is for everyone except the setter. In our case, because the setter is going to have their own contact, and this is you know front court to front court, and back court to front court. And I remember, I talked about not really worrying about the front court to back court, back court to back court, because back court is not really a high rate or high probability shot when it comes to out of system stuff. It's always back court to front court or front court to front court. So working on those variabilities. Then we talked about all the different types of setter variations. So we're going to work on the setter skills. So setting, you know, all the 51, 61, 41, 71, left side, right side, fast balls, slow balls, all the all the different types of stuff. That, that's going to be entirely up to you. Uh, knowing that it's at the net and off the net. Making sure you practice both, okay? We talked about the middles. Middles can run a ton of stuff. 71, 61, 30, 31, 51, 41, all these different types of attacks. Quick attack, back quick, step around, shooting the gap, all the things the middles can do. You guys know what your middles want to run, so make sure you keep track of them. But the key is to work on them at the net as well as off the net, as well as audibilizing okay, when it's going against what's happening in the game. Then outside attackers, uh, not just working on the left side and the opposite from their positions and just swinging, but also working on tooling the blocker's hands, okay? Jousting, swiping, recycling, Really important to understand recycling, which we talked about, the importance of that, both at the net, off the net, inside and outside approach. Remember all those. And then backcourt attacks. We talked about that as well. Attack coverage. We talked about making sure that you know their court movements. So box, I talked about boxing in your hitter. 
Um, transition to defense ready. That just means are they in the right ready positions given each situation. So movement to block ready positions. How can they move faster their block ready positions when the ball is on the other side of the court? Movement to defensive ready positions when you're backward. Block ready positions. Okay. Defensive ready positions. Making sure that we can do all these things. And then we talked about the bunch and spread blocking, both with a two-person block and a three-person block, and making sure middles movements and outside blocking movements are correct depending on how you're teaching it. And then service was, was I should have talked about service earlier, but you got the jump float, you got the jump spin, you got the maybe the jump spin with power, jump spin with control, and then the variability would be serving to different types of locations, things like that. All right? So... The point of this episode was I know many of you are in the beginning of your season, and even if you're not in the beginning of your season, what are you training? Are you making sure you're training the skill and the skill variations, the variability, because those are also just as equally as important as training the skill, because as we know in our game, passing, for example, happens in many different ways, and we got to train all those different ways so that we're prepared in a game that no matter what that server gives you, whether it's short long to the side of your body, left side or right side, we have trained to pass it and we can do it. All right. So that's it. That's it for this episode. And like I mentioned earlier, if you want to get a copy of, and by the way, all these skills that I have in here, it is on my, uh, my yearly training plan. So it's on there. So if you're a DVA member, you have access to all this. And, and I, and I even show you on the, on the yearly training plan, how I, I separate the loads and in terms of like what phase that we're in and how much we put emphasis on each phase. So that's all there and it's all color coded for you nice and neatly for you to see. And you can obviously adapt it to your seasonal plan. And if you want to see this, head on over to Digital Volleyball Academy. I can show you what it looks like and you can see, you actually get to see the live training as well. be describing each individual phase and how it works. All right, that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. I will see you guys next week. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.